It's Friday. You know what that means. Welcome in a highly disputed, not on WSHC Shepherdstown, 897, <laughs> just a podcast here. My name is Dylan Bishop, and with me, as always, is Ryan Stickle. How's it going, Ryan? Yeah, uh, you know, out here on a Friday, on the, um, the old homely disputed, I guess. Yeah, I guess um, you could call it that. Done remote for the first time, I guess, since the, uh, the whole pandemic started. It's the first time, first time we're kind of doing it willingly, other than like, you know, instead of uh, uh, mandatory, like, no, you guys have to be at home while you do this. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. But let's see. The reason we're doing this is because, uh, you know, we talked about on our last episode that we weren't really probably going to do anything over the summer, but (laughs) we had to reconvene for a special occasion because we had to bring a friend of the show back on after she had some big news uh abby beeman how's it going abby it's going good you guys are doing good i'm assuming doing pretty well we can say that (laughs) (laughs) yeah not too bad it was raining a lot just earlier but i'm looking at my window and it's it's been getting bright out at least brighter than it was it was the downpour but so the reason we have abby with us back on the show, is that, uh, well, as we mentioned on our last episode, uh, Coach Eckleberry had moved on from Shepherd University and moved to Frostburg State, and it kind of led to a chain of events that we've, let, we've uh, gotten to now, where we mentioned that Abby had been in the transfer portal, and, well, we know where she is now, where she's going to be, and that's Marshall University, D1. So, Abby... Uh, what led you to choose Marshall all over, over all your other options? I think that's, you know, the million dollar question, obviously, everyone asks. I think um, at the end of the day, like, I did have a good amount of options. And then um, just the proximity to the home and the way I kind of connected with the coaching staff kind of won out for me in the end. Um, they have a vision for me that, you know, I – I also have for myself, which is just accomplishing some special things at Marshall and kind of like keeping the same things I did at Shepard, but doing it, you know, at the highest level. So I think, you know, that made it a pretty easy decision for me. And um, my main goal is I want to, I want to accomplish some things in the basketball court, just like I have at Shepard. And I don't really want any of that to change too much since I was so successful there. And, you know, they kind of have that, that vision for me, like I said, that, you know, they want me to do the things I did at Shepard and they want me to do them for Marshall. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, that, that that's something I really couldn't find anywhere else. So it's an opportunity I couldn't pass up. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes a lot of sense. You know, you, everyone kind of dreams of going D1 when they go to college, right? Because so, and especially if you can stay in the state, I mean, your options are what WVU and Marshall. So it's All right. If WVU doesn't come calling, that's the next one is Marshall, and we can't. Believe, you know, we're gonna we're gonna miss you at the at the butcher center, but obviously we'll come around, and uh, you guys pl- you guys will play JMU. Well, I'm sure we'll uh, arrange things to try to make it down to there for that game. But so Marshall is going to the Sun Belt, and uh, so it's gonna be a big jump up in competition for you. So just uh, what is the main thing that you think that you're going to have to adjust to moving from D1, moving to D1 from Division 2 when it comes to the competition? 
I think there's a lot of things I'll have to adjust to, but, you know, I wouldn't have picked D1 or Marshall if I didn't think that I was capable of doing those things. But I think, you know, the main thing is probably going to be just the length of defenders and, and the people I'll be guarding every every game, every night, um, every practice even. So that's something I'll have to adjust to. But kind of having that, you know, experience of playing Liberty and JMU while I was at Shepard kind of gives me confidence to know that, you know, I've played against those type of teams and, you know, I'm capable of doing well on that stage. So definitely a lot I'm going to have to adjust to, but I think, you know, I'm capable of doing it. And um, I'm excited to see, you know, how it all goes for me. Nice. So you mentioned proximity to home, mentioned in-state. Um, how much did that, you know, having the opportunity to still be in the state of West Virginia impact your decision? I think a good bit. Um Definitely, I know I'm a big family person. Anyone who knows me knows that. Um, I know it's important to my, not just my immediate family, but also, you know, my grandparents and the other people who support me that they can come to my games and stuff like that. So even though Marshall is, you know, four hours from home, really, um, it still makes it possible for them to get to a game if they want to. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said that didn't have a big factor in my decision. And just being, like, comfortable in the state of West Virginia still, and even though I'm moving to a different area, still, you know, it gives me comfort knowing I'm still, like, in my home state and all of that. So I think it'll make the adjustment a little bit easier. Yeah, West by God. <laughs> right. <laughs> Almost heaven. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you had a lot of options. I mean, Marshall, you know, this was probably the best-case scenario in-state and all that, but – uh, you did choose Marshall over a good bit of options. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, just the process going through the transfer portal? Like, I remember you told me it was like, and I think you said in your other interviews that I think in the end you chose Marshall over South Dakota. And there was about 50 schools, 20 and D1 that had reached out to you. Yep. Yep. Definitely something like that. Um, so, yeah, like you already said, I did. I chose Marshall over South Dakota. Those are basically like my final two. Once I figured out that I wanted to go D1, those are who it kind of came down to. Um, both very good programs. Um, I love the coaching staff, both teams. Um, but it just kind of came down to like proximity for me. And the process was crazy Um, just to even get it narrowed down to two schools. Like I thought I would have – less stressed that way and then you know once you have to like make such a big decision it I honestly got more it got more stressful for me so I think that once I finally went with Marshall just kind of getting that weight off my shoulder and and finally knowing where I'm going to go and just kind of buy in and be all in on that school has definitely made it you know a lot better for me in the past week or so so there's a lot to be said about the process but you know, as I've said in other interviews, definitely super thankful for it. Super thankful for all the emails, what whatever division that may be. Um, they recognize that I'm a good player and that, you know, I have the talent to play at their school. So that's something that I don't take lightly, and it definitely means a lot to me. What did the what did the South Dakota pitch look like? Because when I hear that the two options that you were down to were Marshall, the second biggest school in the state of West Virginia, and South Dakota, like how did South Dakota get in there when in the mix? What the what was the appeal of South Dakota there? Um, so it's actually like I don't know a funny story. I guess I don't know if you're familiar with that their their coach actually is a new coach at WVU. Their old coach last year. So like 
whenever I saw WVU hired her, like, I saw they had a Sweet 16 run last year and all that. And this is way before South Dakota even emailed me. And um, so it's just I know their program is so successful and their winning percentage over the past 10 years is crazy between two coaches. Um, I know that they've put their team on the stage, NCAA stage year in, year out. I think they've won, like, the their conference tournament, like, the past three of the four years or something. So um, once they emailed me, I'd, it was just kind of ironic because I'd already been looking at their website and stuff <laughs> because they were the WU's new coach. And then basically just I really connected with the coaching staff and with the new coaching staff. And, you know, they do have some things to offer that are pretty cool, but uh, – I don't know. It is kind of weird that it came down between those two schools because they're drastically different, but uh, in location and all of that. But uh, definitely didn't think I'd even consider a school that far away. So I don't really know what drew me to it or any of that. But definitely, it's kind of an ironic story, and um, still grateful for the experience to get to know them and get to know that program. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> that is funny, but um, I can definitely see why you might be. I'm interested by that situation. So makes sense. Um, I wanted to ask you, because obviously the big the big story, um, one of the big stories out of the program was um, Coach Eck going to Frostburg State. Um, was that kind of the moment you, you had decided, okay, like, let me get a fresh start here? Or was, you know, that maybe part of the influence? Like, how big was that in terms of your decision to move on? I think it was... Ultimately, that was the biggest factor for me. Um, I'd always thought about, like, since I have had so much success at Shepherd, um, I've always thought about, you know, how I, if I could be successful at the D1 level or, you know, what that would look like. But I never really thought that I would actually, you know, leave Shepherd or go into the transfer portal at all. So for me, I wanted to be at a school for my whole four years and, you know, be loyal to that school. And, you know, I picked them coming out of high school. So that's where I wanted to be. And then whenever, as you mentioned, you know, Coach Eck going to Frostburg, that was kind of like the moment where we don't have a lot of people coming back. Um, a lot of other people were also going to go into the portal. So I'm like, I'm just going to see for myself. Like, it was kind of a no-brainer to me because I didn't know who the new coach would be. And I could come back to do that still, which I definitely, you know, had intentions of possibly doing and also just getting to see the interest in me. So I think for me, it was a pretty easy decision once she told us she was leaving. But it was an easy decision to go into the transfer portal, but it was not an easy decision to actually, you know, pull the trigger and leave Shepard. Right, because um, entering the transfer portal, that doesn't mean you're guaranteed to leave. You can always yeah. enter it, see what the interest is, and always come back. Um, exactly. But yeah, like you said, I mean, I knew you're, I mean, even now you're, you're still loyal to Shepard. I mean, there's no, no hard yeah, feelings there. Right. I'm sure you're, yeah, I'm, no. you know, and um, I, I think everybody at Shepard, I don't know a single person who would, you know, be upset about this move by you. Um, just looking at the landscape of the team and um, what you think your potential could be. Um, definitely. I think a good move to, to test out the, the D one waters here and um De- definitely pushing yourself to, to, you know, maximize what you can do on a basketball court um, and here beyond. So, um, and, and like you said, others entering the portal, um, we just found out, I think yesterday, Jordan Smith yep. has uh, transferred to Cal PA. Um, yep. So she'll be, she'll be joining a very good roster up there. And 
Um, if I had to guess, I don't, we don't have anything confirmed. I'm sure there might be um, at least a couple more um, moving on as well. So we can get into that a little later. The, me and Dylan, the, the, the outlook for this, this basketball team is going to have a totally new identity next year. Yeah, and real quick, can I just get your thoughts on hearing this this new news from yesterday of Jordan going over to Cal PA? I think that it's a great opportunity for her. Like Ryan said, they're going to have a great team, a good roster. I think they got some transfers in themselves. Um, They're not losing much from last year, and they were really good last year. So I think that Jordan kind of fits in well with them. They're a defensive-oriented program and team year in and year out, and that's kind of Jordan's style of play as well. So I think she'll fit in really well there. Um, I don't know that I was super surprised to hear the news, but um, I definitely think that, you know, it's a good move for her and, um, you know, compete for maybe a national championship. I think that team is going to be super good. And um, definitely just excited for her and, and not too surprised to hear the news, but obviously, you know, I think when people see that other people have transferred, it's not like it doesn't just come down to basketball. There's so much, so many more factors that you know are involved with the academic side and all of that. So just for that to be a good fit for her, you know, on both sides, the court and the classroom, I think that's exciting for her and, and a great move. Yeah, that's especially the Division Two level. You got to realize that, you know, when you get up to the, like the top level of division one in a lot of sports, there's the factor of, you know, trying to position yourself for, you know, the NBA or even college football, the NFL, where players are going to move around trying to show themselves off in that sort of way. But at the division two level, you're going to get a lot more of like, does the school fit for me and like my degree and my academics? So you're, you're very right to, to bring that up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think as you just mentioned, because we tweeted out uh, the the catalyst for uh, us knowing that Jordan was <laughs> going to uh, be going elsewhere, was that okay? So here's here's the story behind the, here's t- the, the tweet. That, here's what happened. Yeah, what is it? Was it yesterday? It was yesterday. Uh, I think it was all yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> it all went. It so all yesterday afternoon or late morning. I get a message from Jordan's dad asking <laughs> to uh, cut up the highlights of her games, of Jordan's games from uh, Glenville and Gannon in the NCAA tournament. I was like, oh, that's, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And it was you know, cool, just a little like, minute or so video to cut up. And I uh, sent it to him. And she, he was like, oh, yeah, she's going to really enjoy this. That's cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's cool. <laughs> then we just do this and do this. And, you know, it'll be a nice highlight reel for her to post. And I was like, you know what? She's going to be here next year. We're just going to, like, post this out. And uh, <laughs> it's going to – we're going to post it on here. Be like, yeah, here's someone to look out for next year with the, all the other players that are going. And just like I had no idea that uh, I was going to get a response from Jordan herself that was like, hey – about that <laughs> uh, yeah see, i'm not gonna be here <laughs> see it would have been cool right we get the you know they tj says hey can you make this highlight for me and then he maybe he can you know drop us a little little news there saying little scoop you can drop this at 2 p.m give us the and, scoop and the caption the caption can be uh here's some shepherd highlights of this player who's transferring <laughs> and then you know we get some shepherd retweets and views we get some cow retweets and views and it can be a nice little mutual relationship there. 
Yeah, it didn't even need, we didn't even need to post the, the scoop itself. We could have been like, we could have posted the video and said, oh, uh, Jordan Smith in, in the transfer portal from Shepard, where is she going to go next? With like, some, put some eye emojis <laughs> and, then the ne- and then she could retweet that with some more eye emojis. And uh, then the next day, boom, drop the pic of her in the, in the, Cal, in the Vulcan's uniform. But uh, that's not quite how it went, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, Listen, I did not know that. We're here. We're here to work for you. If you want to transfer, we got the highlights on deck. Yeah, listen. <laughs> we need to let us know. We're not. We're not. We're not going to be angry at you. Yeah, listen. We we're shepherd guys. We'll but support you. We're shepherd guys, but we're you know the the connections we've made here. We're we're not gonna we're not gonna leave you out to dry if you leave the school. Come All on right. now. Like once you go to Glenville, then don't talk to us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, like we're here talking to Abby right now, Mar- Marshall Point Guard Abby Beeman. That's, yeah, that's uh, how's how's that sound? Uh. And like, yes, sir, we're not gonna, we're not gonna just leave you out to dry. We don't, we don't, uh, we're not fair weather fans. We're not bandwagon fans. We're not the type to just abandon you and shun you for leaving. <laughs> it's just the like highlight. The it's just the highlight reel, and the caption is all caps. It just says traitor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. You have any more basketball questions for Abby Ryan? Um, Abby, why are you a traitor? <laughs> yeah. How? Yeah. Here's my question. How could you? <laughs> uh, okay. So I think we got most of that covered. Uh, listen, the last time you were on the show, uh, there was a little bit of an incident that uh that had to be that we kind of glossed over a little bit because, frankly, I didn't notice you said it, but uh, Ryan did and just kind of like left one comment at it. And I think I didn't need to bring this up because I was baffled at it. How, how have you never eaten a cheeseburger in your life? Like, how did how does how do you just avoid it for this long? <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured that'd be a question. Um, I don't know, honestly. I'm just like super picky, and then at this point, full block. Like, I've just never had one before, so I'm just like, I don't need to start now. It's wild to me that just your parents were never like, yeah, we're having burgers tonight. You got to eat one. Well, and, I yeah. feel like burgers and hot dogs only go hand in hand. My family likes burgers. I just don't. So I feel like every time we had wow. burgers, I would just have a hot dog. Huh. Oh, that's interesting. Abby, what are you, like, what are you, 21? 20. I'm going to be 21 in August. 20? So, oh, late birthday. She's probably gonna yeah. end up having. She'll probably end up having her first legal drink before she has a burger. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say <laughs> that's probably accurate. That's a few couple, people. There's, a couple, there's only a couple months. To... Few, few people. Yes, that actually is only a, really a couple months away. <laughs> that's few people can say that, other than people who are, are strictly like vegetarians or or vegans their whole life. If I have a burger between now and then, I'll let you guys know. We need the we need that's the, scoop the scoop on that. That's the scoop that we need to get. We couldn't we post, get we couldn't get the other scoops, but we'll get this one. We post, <laughs> we'll post the um we'll post one of the highlight reels and we'll say this person has eaten a burger. <laughs> Breaking news: Abby Beeman has consumed a hamburger. See what we do is we <laughs> we tease the news right, and we say we have big Abby Beeman news coming up here in a couple hours. Eyeball emojis at Marshall University. At, at Chauncey Winbush, look out for this. This is crazy stuff. And we just tweet out, she had a burger. <laughs> yep. was, you said salad either? No, right. no salad. Yeah. I definitely I mean, I would never believe. have salad. 
Oh, <laughs> never. <laughs> now, do you like ranch dressing or do you no. like any dressing? Wow. No. What do you dip your your chicken in? So I like like my two condiments that I like are barbecue and buffalo. Those are like mm, so I okay, I okay. strong choice. Either one of them. Strong Honestly, choices. barbecue. It's we've we've now turned into the food podcast, but that's okay. Barbecue. It's always inevitable every episode. Barbecue. Yes, barbecue. At this point in time, at least in the fast food world, has become an underrated dip for chicken. Yeah. Everybody uses Chick Fil A sauce, Polynesian sauce, honey mustard. Barbecue has has fallen to the wayside. I feel like we need to get underrated. Yeah, used it to be has. a strong contender. It used to now be number it's... one, un uncontested yeah. number one, and now it's like LeBron. We... It's the LeBron James of uh, dipping sauces. It's uh, it's been the same. It's been the same high quality all these years, but people just kind of forget about it because people gets people want the new thing. Yeah, yeah, and everybody has their own signature sauce now. Just let's get back to barbecue. A little sweet baby rays. Yeah. yeah, that's the best brain. Yeah, oh, great I, take. I feel like I feel like Abby has strong opinions on LeBron James that she might i don't know what how do you feel about lebron in general abby i i feel like we've hit on this like the last podcast i don't like lebron <laughs> we kind of we kind of glossed over it but we made it clear that I, I there was the tone in your voice when he came up i could tell you didn't you didn't like him but i don't think we brought up why so what what, what don't you like about lebron okay i'll give you like the main the main reason here tweeting this out he complains about everything he is so much bigger than everybody if he gets a little slap on the wrist he makes it like the biggest deal and i mean this is just my personal opinion he doesn't like he just gets his buckets from being bigger than everybody every now and then he'll have like a good move but he just bullied people to the rim every time and i i mean that's not his fault but just in my opinion that's just i don't know i don't think he's mm. Yeah, he's you're the not, greatest player. You're not, you're not uh, wrong there. That's uh, Giannis is like that too. Yeah, you kind yeah. of feel the same way about Giannis. I mean, not the same exact way, but you're right. He doesn't really have. He just bullies his way to the rim too. So about his game, I feel the same way. But I, I don't know. I don't think he complains as much as LeBron does. <laughs> There's a lot about LeBron that I get. Like people not liking. I just you like watching love him play, or you yeah. hate him. I feel like there's no in between. Yeah, yeah I love, kind I love, of is uh, that way. I definitely I love his game. I think he's done a lot of good, but I, there are definitely qualities about him where I'm like, okay, we can we can ridicule this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I definitely like, right. I know he's a good player. Like I respect that, but those are just my my takes on him. All right, I have decided to stir it up on Twitter though. Go to at disputed highly. Um, there will be a picture of Abby Beeman with the quote, <laughs> I don't like LeBron. <laughs> that's breaking news. <laughs> that's that is, our breaking news. That's our first scoop. Honestly, that is the scoop because everybody knows she's going to Marshall. We, that's not a scoop. We, we, we got into the details. But yeah. Let's see. I want to know who you think the best player in the NBA is right now. Right now? I think... There's a few directions you could go. The best one-on-one player is Kevin Durant. Mm, yeah, I, I can't yeah. disagree with that. Yeah, he's unguardable. It's fair. Right. If he misses, it's because of him normally, not because of the defense. That that elbow jumper from the right side. I mean, he's got to shoot like ninety-five percent on that thing. Yeah, yeah. It just elevates over everyone. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. If you were starting a team right now, though, let's say you got to take, you know, in the in the factor, like you got to build long term around, around this. You know, it's not just like one season kind of thing. You're starting from scratch and you're building to the future. You got one player to choose from. You got all the players to choose from, but you can only take one. Who you got? Like with their age and everything right now? Yeah. Oh, I'd probably build my team around Luca. It's hard not to pick Luca. Yeah, I feel like you got to pick Luca or Giannis because Giannis is like twenty seven. Yeah. Luca is about twenty is twenty three. It's hard not to pick Luca right now. He just goes off in the playoffs. Obviously, he didn't in Game Five uh, <laughs> last night. But yeah, but I mean, look how far he got his team. That team is not particularly great. Yeah, yeah. Put really... him with some better players, and it could be dangerous. I think we might look back at these Mavs teams, especially this one. Kind of like an old LeBron Cavs team. Yeah. Where, like, we look back at the names, we're like, how in the world did he get up and even take the Warriors to five? How did he get one win against the Warriors (laughs) in the conference finals? It'd be like when LeBron got to the finals against the Spurs with uh, Anderson Varejao and, uh, you know, whoever else was on the You know, that's how you know it's bad, is the best name, biggest name we could come up with was Anderson Varejao. Right. Oh man. So yeah, they got to figure something out in the off season. But you know who doesn't have stuff to figure out in the off season? Marshall University, because they've already <laughs> they've already gotten it. They've already got it figured out. Yep. Uh, Abby, I think that's about all we have for you. Unless you got some other takes to get off. No, I, I don't have any other takes this time. No more. Are you, you gonna start, are you gonna are you gonna start ending your interviews with like a little like go herd or something like that? <laughs> I haven't gone that far. I haven't thought about it. It's not a bad idea. How much How much Marshall gear has been accumulated so far? You got any? Or are you waiting for the season to start? They give you all that all that stuff. I have zero. Zero Marshall gear right now. Wow. They got to send it out. I know. They got to hook me up. But yeah, I have none right now. So you they got to hook us up. Marshall. You got- <laughs> They're rocking my Shepherd stuff. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. You got you to gotta sign all the Shepherd stuff and sell it. Because that's legal now. NIL, I think. <laughs> Hey, exactly. That's true. that's true. Yeah, they couldn't. We couldn't quite get you on it. We, I mean, we said on the uh, last podcast, we were like, "Listen, whatever we gotta do, how much money does Chauncey <laughs> Wimbush have to pay out to Abby Beeman to stay here? Put her, <laughs> how many billboards? How many billboards do we have to replace Tyson Bajan? How many Abby Hager, Beeman on Hagerstown? <laughs> Hagerstown Ford Instagram posts does she have to yeah. do? Yeah, <laughs> they would have hooked me up with a car or something. I mean, we may have had a deal. <laughs> this might be a different story. That's, <laughs> if, uh, we might be talk- still talking about Abby and the and the crew over in Shepherd. L- listen, I'm putting that on Hagerstown Kia. Listen, <laughs> Ford, they already gave one out. K- Hagerstown Kia, where were where were you? All right, <laughs> you didn't come up. You didn't come up when we needed you the most. But and for that, you know, Marshall rewards. So yeah. So Abby, big, big off season winners, Marshall. Yeah, big in the winner, winners and losers category. We know where Marshall came up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Abby, that's about all I have for you. Uh, any parting words that you might have, and we can let you go. Um, I mean, I will say that you know you got great support system for you know especially women's basketball over my time there at least, and kind of I don't know you put out the highlights and stuff. They kind of allowed people to maybe tune in that normally wouldn't or, you know, just kind of we benefited from you guys kind of giving us, even if it's just a little bit of exposure, you know, it did mean a lot to us. And especially me 
So I guess my parting words for you guys are just, you know, thank you. And we'll definitely keep in touch. And hopefully you guys can make the JMU game or whatever. So um, definitely going to miss playing pickup with you, Dylan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, yeah. We never got that tiebreaker in. <laughs> but, yeah, just, just wanted to say thank you to you guys. Yes, it's been we great. appreciate that. It's been great to uh, support you here at Shepherd and – um, I'm sure it'll continue. I don't know how many highlights we'll be able to post at Marshall. I don't, I don't want. I don't want ESPN Plus or whoever is going to carry that to sue us. Oh but, God! Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have to start worrying about that. But um, no, we'll definitely uh, keep up with the. Uh, at the very least, keep up with the box score. Let people know what's up because I'm sure they'll be curious as well. Um, after following you for these two seasons, but three years overall, so. No, it's it's definitely been a pleasure, and we will keep in touch. Maybe a little check in next season, see how things are going at some point as well. Yeah. Yep, that'd be awesome. I'm always down to, you know, talk to you guys or whatever. So. Give us the uh, the D1 lowdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll give the inside the inside look at a D1 athlete. <laughs> we'll give you the uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll give you we'll give you the shepherd updates, whatever that might look yeah. like. Yeah, we can talk to you about what's going on there. You can talk to us what's going on there. All right, well, deal. What's the deal? <laughs> all right. All so right. I think that's all we've got for this episode, this special edition of Highly Disputed. With Ryan Stickle, Abby Beeman. I'm Dylan Bishop. Yes. Abby Beeman, the last time you hear her as a Shepherd Ram, I think it's safe <laughs> to say. As soon as this as soon as we stop recording, she's officially a, a marshal. <laughs> she's officially a thundering her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you, Abby. All right, thank yeah. you guys. We'll cut it off there. Nice. Goodbye. <laughs> bye bye. Nice. That was a good little interview. Yeah. Let's see. How long since we're thirty minutes? It's like thirty minutes on the dot, almost right there. Yeah. Nice. All right. We could just keep going right now if we wanted to. We got some other takes to get off. <laughs> I mean, I'm still recording this here. I guess we can just keep talking because I mean, we haven't talked about the playoffs at all. Uh, not really since, no uh what was going on with our last episode it was Man, like they I had either like just remember. started <laughs> we didn't talk about uh the nba at all but i think the playoffs had started maybe yeah yeah but, it might have been just because i can't remember when our last show was like what the day it was the draft it was the day of the draft oh the nfl totally, draft you were totally right and that yes. was april 27 28 28 something like that april because it was last thursday of april yep and now it's may 27th oh so, so we were well we were well into the first round actually yeah we so... had we, that was the night that was um three teams won their series that night actually wow the sixers Suns, and mavs all advanced on that thursday night huh. how about if that it was, if it was the right thursday i think i don't know it might be, but well, now we're sitting, and there's one team in the NBA Finals. The finals and, are partially set. Yes, and if we're being honest, tonight probably setting the other half of it because we'll see. This is it's been a very weird, weird playoffs, but this series in particular has been bonkers. It's been. I mean, a lot of series back and forth, like a lot of the last games in the last two or three weeks, it feels like have just been blowout after blowout. And it's been like back and forth blowouts between teams. Yeah. Because, like the first four games of the Heat and the Celtics was, well, the Heat blew out the Celtics, then the Celtics blew out the Heat. 
Then the Heat blew out the Celtics. And, you know, and it was, uh, but finally, now that we've gotten through five games of the series, uh, Tyler Harrow has been out two games in a row. Uh, the Celtics have everyone back as it currently stands. Uh, Kyle the- Lowry came back like game three. The Heat can't shoot. At they can't. They just they, don't. They were they 15, the 15% from three point range last game. But yeah, it's been weird. The Heat won by 11. Then the Celtics won by 25. The Heat win by six, though they were blowing them out the whole game. That was a, a kind of a fake comeback. That was the one where Jimmy Butler got hurt in the second half. Yes. And, uh, they yes. were, came back to make it close. The Celtics win by 20. And then the Celtics win again by 13. Um, in just a, a dreadful basketball game. It was not good basketball at all. Um, no. In weird quarters where teams are winning by like 20 points and then not winning a quarter of the rest of the game and winning by like <laughs> 8 to 10 points. Um, we'll see if it wraps up tonight. They're back in Boston. Celtics can close it out. I just I, – it, it seems like the smart pick to just say the Celtics will do it. They're favored by 8.5 points. But I just don't know with the series. The Heat might come out and win the first half by 20 points and hang on for a win. You just never know. Yeah, it's completely possible. But I do expect the Celtics to kind of figure it. You know, they've, I think that they've gotten into the groove. It's like every time they haven't had a game with like a million turnovers, they've won. And yeah. just looked like the better team, which they have been. I think as soon as I saw that Chris Middleton wasn't going to be able to play in that Bucks series, I, the Celtics just seemed like the best team when they were healthy yeah. in the East. And the Celtics were the best teams from January on in the NBA. Yeah. They were, they, they were in, incredible on defense, especially. Yeah, once they got Marcus Smart back from whatever injury he had where he missed a little bit of time, they just came back and they were firing on all cylinders. J, uh, Jason Tatum made a like in-season leap in offense to where like no one was able to guard him. Jalen Brown has been... It's it's kind of amazing to look back in retrospect at all of the times that Danny Ainge was criticized for saying, oh, the, the, all the reports would come out that uh, Jalen Brown was made unavailable in a trade for Paul George, or maybe Jason Tatum was unavailable, or, or Jalen Brown was unavailable in a trade for Jimmy Butler, which mm-hmm. that would have been a, that's, that would have been an interesting uh, timeline to follow. But yeah, in the I don't end, know how that would have gone. Yeah, who knows? But in the end, it looks like they made the right decision, absolutely, to not, you know, make any of those trades. I think Anthony Davis, if he would have wanted to come to, if he would have wanted to come to Boston, even for just a year, uh, they would have had to get rid of Jalen Brown, and that would have been a nightmare scenario where, you know, yeah, that's one long term. Maybe that works out for a year. <laughs> Yeah, it's like but, you hope better hope you got that ring in that year. But yeah, we've seen with with Anthony Davis, it's very hit or miss, and it's been mostly miss with injuries. Yeah, and now Jason Tatum looks like a top five to eight player in the NBA, and Jalen Brown looks like a great number two to have alongside of him. Where they mm-hmm. they they're both really good defenders to go along with really good scorers, and they just have the right parts around them. Al Horford looks amazing right now at his uh, prehistoric age. And <laughs> Robert, Willi- Robert Williams, Grant Williams have been playing great. Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year. Peyton Pritchard's been hitting shots off the, uh, off the bench. And they, they got it going. Yeah, I, 
the Heat could come back and win this series, you know, by some stroke of luck or injury or whatever, and it would just be really disappointing. It would be really disappointing because I feel like they would get to the finals and get wrecked by the Warriors. The Warriors are just going to handle business regardless, I feel like. That's what I was about to bring it to there. I think the the Heat maybe would push them, I mean, to like, you know, five games. I think the Celtics get it to six. But I think the Warriors are just a lot better than everybody else right now. It's going to be a really interesting series if it's Warriors-Celtics, which it should be. I want to see it because I, I do think it is, like, just the two best teams in the NBA right now. And, and a they're, fun, like, fun names in that matchup. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun matchup. They're both fun teams to watch because, they like we said, Tatum and Brown are great scorers. And the Celtics have that great defense with those uh, players around it. Mm-hmm. And the Warriors are, they're back to being the Warriors. And that Warriors, yeah, the Warriors offense against the Celtics defense would be yes. <laughs> insane to watch. Yeah, it like would that, be. That ball movement and that shooting against that defense would. And even then, the Warriors defense is a part, of, big part of their identity. And mm-hmm. to go against you know, Tatum and Brown, it would be really interesting. I think Draymond would... is he's kind of back to being himself because he doesn't have to be the guy. Because <laughs> yep. and... Curry and Thompson are there. Yeah, and all of a sudden, Andrew Wiggins has turned into a superstar stopper. He's been guarding Luka all game, every game. Yeah. All-star. <laughs> yeah, all-star starter, Andrew Wiggins. Yes. To you, buddy. Um, and they have – they just have a lot of – the Warriors have a lot of different ways that they can attack things. They have a lot of different lineups that can give you different looks. Like, they can go with that – the uh, what they call it, the pool party lineup, where mm-hmm. they have all, all three – they have Splash Brothers – Jordan Poole, Wiggins, and Dre at center. But then they also have been playing really well with Kavon Looney at center and Draymond at power forward. And then they also have guys like Wiggins and also Otto Porter and Jonathan Kuminga who can play the four as like that midsize lineup along with, you know, Stephen Clay or, you know, Poole and Clay, Stephen Poole whatever have you. Like Jordan Poole doesn't give you a lot of defense, but he gives you that extra attacking off the bench, just that shot creation. And it's just like, it's exactly what they needed to get back to looking like the pre-KD Warriors. Yeah. Very fun team to watch as well. Yeah. It's no fun when a team is really good, but they just are kind of boring. I feel like we got a little bit of that last year where like, as good as the Bucks and Suns were, they weren't, like, the most fun teams ever to watch. Like, they were fun to watch. You know, like, Giannis is a freak and, you know, Booker and... Giannis Aiden was and, fun to watch. Yeah, and, and you and know... It's, Booker was usually fun to watch because he He's go fun, off. but a lot of it's just kind of, like, Chris Paul picking the teams apart, making it look easy. Mid-range jumpers. Yeah, yeah. These teams can come out and really put on a show, which I assume will happen because even if, even if the Celtics would somehow drop the game tonight... They still have another game to come out and and win. And the Heat have scored 82 and 80 points in their last two games. So, not looking good for them. Yeah. Like, I I will pick the Warriors to win against either team. Uh, but I do think, like we said, the Celtics series will be interesting. And I could see a universe where we get two or three games in and it's like, oh, the Celtics actually have a really good game plan for yeah. the Warriors. 
But as it stands right now, I would say the Warriors are looking like. And that's the thing we're going to have to really come to terms with, that if the Warriors win another title, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and Steve Kerr as coach are going to have four rings. Mm -hmm. And it kind of doesn't feel that way, considering that the the KD Warriors era just kind of feels like... A blur that like, felt like it almost wasn't. Um, yeah, it it, it does, it does kind of feel like it almost didn't count because it was it's like every it was the easy. It, it didn't feel earned because it just felt so easy. It felt like so inevitable. And then they lost only because they all got hurt. <laughs> yeah, if they would have gotten hurt, if they would not have gotten hurt, if they were healthy, they'd be five. Yeah, if they if they were healthy. The Raptors they don't win that series. They were awesome, but yeah. Well, they, I mean, they were looking good, but it was uh, because what that was a game five or six that KD was coming back from his other injury, and it kind of looked like they needed him. Yeah. Because the Raptors were looking good against the KD-less Warriors. But that's kind of because, you know, two years into building around that lineup, you had less of a supporting cast. Mm-hmm. But that's something we're going to have to address when it comes, like, legacy-wise that, Draymond Green is a it was uh could be a four time NBA champion and two time defensive player of the year three time he's it's he said at least two I I don't think I don't know if he's gotten a third maybe two yeah but that's that's the kind of stuff where you start talking about top blank players of all time top top fifty at least yeah like for for Steph it's probably top ten top fifteen. I think and, being the best shooter ever, he's just he automatically has to be in the top ten somewhere. You yeah. just got to find a spot for him. You kind of do. You kind of do. And then Clay Thompson, it's like, where do you you know Clay, where do you slot him in? Maybe the second, third best shooter of all time after him. So right, and Draymond's one of the best defenders ever. And Steve, yeah. and then you got to start talking about Steve Kerr as an all time coach, and it just starts. And then they're going to have the, you know. The flexibility of still having Jordan Poole on a contract that's uh, pretty, you know, on his rookie contract for another year or two. I think he's eligible for an extension this summer, and then he'll have still the one one last year on his rookie contract. And yeah. Andrew Wiggins, here's the they they could go into this off season, and they could say. Andrew Wiggins is making $30 million a year. He's a really good uh, player for us. Actually, I think Andrew Wiggins might be a free agent this offseason, now that I think about it. But I'd have to look at that to make sure. And they could go and they could say, we'll replace that $30 million salary with something else. Yeah. Another, a different $30 million a year player, and a lot of those $30 million a year players – are even better than Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, that's true. So, and they have, I want to say they have another pick somewhere, uh, that an extra one, I should say, uh, from someone perhaps, but oh, uh, at the same time, they could just run it back and say, we got Kuminga and Moses Moody and, you know, Wiggins is, you know, 28 years old. That's not old. And Jordan Poole. And it's like, we can just keep our core, you know, the guys that have been around the whole time, the, the the big three, you can bring back James Wiseman. You can continue to develop Jordan Poole and Kuminga and Moody, and you can just keep it rolling. Yeah, Run it back. It's one of those like you just stay healthy. That's about it. Yeah, so they're gonna not be... going to be. There's no going to be really nobody else 
who's going to be taking that big a leap as a team where they're going to be better than you are now. <laughs> that makes no. sense. Right. So the Warriors are in good shape. If you're looking at the long, long term, I mean, it could be a thing where it's like Steve Kerr becomes like the Popovich of the Warriors and like these guys are around until right. they're, they're 40 if they can manage that. So, right. Um, they're, 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 already, they're already halfway there. <laughs> yeah, there could become a universe where, you know, in three years time, none of these guys have retired, but Jordan Poole is the, is the, uh, the lead creator uh, scorer for the Warriors. And Jonathan Kuminga is a lockdown guy. And Draymond's, you know, and Steph and Clay have kind of transitioned into the Tony Parker and Monty Ginobili. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, you know, Kawhi Leonard was kind of still on the come up there, where it was a lot more team centric. I mean, obviously the words are very team centric, but it could end up going a lot more through the other players outside of Steph yeah. Clay. Draymond. Oh, yeah. The, the Spurs and like the last like good iteration of that team. And like the 2010s was like when they still had that core, like their team bat, like the way they passed the ball. I don't know if I've even seen anything like that since then. <laughs> like the way they moved the ball was like not real. No, it's especially incredible in this finals against the Heat. Like they they just picked them apart in some of those games when they were really rolling. Yeah. So if there's a you know if they can keep these guys healthy for another year or two without a you know a decline. Uh, noticeable decline from Steph Clay, Draymond. Clay is not even really back to his old self. He might, you know, be able to play next year and be like, oh, he's back to, you know, maybe he's at 85, maybe he's at 80, 85% Clay, 90%, and maybe next year he gets back to 95% of what he was. Yeah. You know, you could be that kind of a, or 95% of what he's going to be. Uh, and that could be what keeps them going. And if Jordan Poole in the next year or two gets to the point where he's not a liability on defense and they can keep him out there, they can keep the pool party off a uh, lineup out the, the, that lineup of pool, Curry, Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond on offense. It's insane. So if they can get that to the point where pool is not, you know, the weak link on defense, and they can just run that as their main closing lineup or starting lineup. Yeah, it the Warriors might be scary again for another another few years. They're already pretty scary to me. So they are <laughs> probably you know like we said probably the champions this year. Really, it was really the, like the first round for me. I was watching. I was like, yeah, <laughs> they're back. Yeah, I don't even remember who they played in the first round. Now me either. But I just remember they were so <laughs> so they were so impressive. Timberwolves. Mm, no. Was that the first round? Nuggets. I can't remember. Nuggets. Yeah. Nu- yeah. Nuggets. They just kind of ran. They ran the Nuggets off the court. And like no matter just... how good Jokic was. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they're they're back. Um, and then as soon as the uh, Suns struggled and then were surprisingly, at least surprising to me, uh, eliminated when they were, I was like, yeah, it's it's the Warriors to lose the whole the whole thing. Yep. And I think that's how it's going to stay. Yeah. Till further notice. Until further notice. Yep. All and right. If, I think that's uh, uh, yeah. If the Warriors uh, don't win the finals, uh, we'll just delete the uh, second half of this podcast. Yep. Then we can slander Steph Curry for uh, still not having a Finals MVP. Mm-hmm. Can't and, win without KD. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Yep. Yep. And they praise Jason Tatum and the 
the best defender on earth, Marcus Smart or whatever. And then it's you know, is Jason Tatum better than KD now? We get into nice uh, crazy, oh, comment, crazy, uh, crazy debates here. So, yep, that'd be it'll be fun to watch on first take if that happens. Oh, can't wait! Get Magdog on there. Oh yeah. Mm. All right, so that's about it for this one. Yeah, that's a... highly disputed. Yep, highly disputed. The uh, the, the internet, Shepherdstown. <laughs> yes. Shepherdstown, West Virginia, as I look outside my window, that's that's where I am. Not on the radio, but we're here. And we will uh we'll we'll still be here. How many more of these will we upload over the the summer? I don't know. We didn't think we we're gonna do one. Could so, be hundreds. Who knows? We might, might do one every day. <laughs> Maybe might, twice a we, day. We might do it twice a day. We might uh never do it again. You never know. You never, <laughs> you never know with us. We like to keep you on your toes. That's why you always got to stay uh, subscribed. Always uh, follow us on the socials. That's right. And that's the only way all to know. Streaming really. platforms. Uh, we're using a new app to record this. Uh, Anchor from, from Spotify. Uh, very easy to set up. So now, and then uh, as soon as I finish this recording, it should just like, you know, spread it out to all the uh, streaming platforms as soon as I edit it. So. And a nice, uh, pretty similar time of what you're used to here, about 50 minutes. Yeah, pretty much. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. I hope I, hope I did, too. I can't. <laughs> you, you, to... hope, you hope you enjoyed it. You don't know yet. <laughs> we'll find out later. I have, to, I have to do some introspection afterwards. Tune in next time to see if Dylan enjoyed today's episode. You never know. <laughs> Highly disputed. Go Rams. Go Rams.